Poutine Bradwurst. Welcome, welcome back to Poutine Bradwurst, your long distance podcast. I am Philippe uh, from Quebec, joined as always by my great friend Simon from Germany. Where are you? Can you hear me? Are you okay? Are you healthy? Hey, 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 hey I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> I'm sitting here in. Well, not anymore that sunny, but it was sunny the last two days. Hamburg, today mm -hmm. is the 10th of May, so we're getting closer to summer. Yeah, uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, also, days are getting uh, sunnier over here. Nice. Um, yeah, the days are better, but I do not enjoy them that much. Can you enjoy them? Do you do something about it? Well, uh I mean, we have a balcony, so we, we mm -hmm. can go outside and like do some stuff there. And uh, I have like a, the city park very close mm. to my apartment, so I can do some activities there. And in Germany, they started opening um, up uh, stores, most of them nice. actually. And they are beginning to uh, open up restaurants as well. So uh, in I think in the end of May, we'll, we'll be able to... Uh, To, to go and go out uh, uh, to have dinner uh, at some place, which is great. Mm -hmm. However, now um, they, I think they started opening up like a week or so again, or maybe two weeks ago. And now the numbers are rising here again. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I wanted to talk to you about that, the thing in Germany is that um, the, the prime ministers of the federal states um, they were complaining about how uh, Angela Merkel was 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 conducting the whole thing, and so um, they have um, they pretty much do their own thing. Like like they have a they have a, a guideline coming from Merkel, but um, they very much differ the the measurements they take and and how fast they're stopping them. On one hand, that just makes sense because um, different states do have different. Uh, um, different hospital infrastructure and they have different numbers however um, it also is kind of confusing and it uh, undermines uh, uh, our chancellor's power she's kind of being overpowered at this point and it feels like she says well fuck it she had like it's like the third big crisis that she has on her hands during uh, that she has to solve during um, during her her time as, as Germany's chancellor and it feels like She she was waiting to um, to end her her career her political career um, by by us voting in 2021, and it feels like she she doesn't really she she just doesn't have the power anymore to to follow through with this. And now all these prime ministers are kind of hoping to get to do the right path and get their shot at being the next chancellor by just having the best measurements and being the loudest and the most, uh, I don't know, the, the bravest or whatever um, in, uh, in opening up. So coronavirus might be Angela Merkel's final enemy. Wow. That's the, an interesting analysis. That, that, that's, that's how it feels. So I wanted to ask you, do you guys even talk about opening up again are there any measurements or how what so, how is it over there so i was i was looking forward to talk about it with you quebec is the first province that will open again oh. starting next week wow uh, and it is highly criti criticized uh, the prime minister of canada justin trudeau uh, or justin trudeau depending who you ask <laughs> <laughs> um Uh, yeah, he said he, he's he criticized it a lot. He says he's very worried for Montreal, Montreal, because it's like the most touched, most affected city uh, in the country. And yeah. he says that it's going to make it worse, whatever. But it's not in his power, because as as you say, uh, as, as for Germany, it's also a federation here, and it's the premiers of the provinces. We call them premiers in yeah. English. In French, is the same word for prime minister of Canada and prime minister of, of a province, but in English, it, they have a different word. Anyway. Uh, so, and the, the Quebec one said that he wanted to open uh, slowly, uh, but surely. But the most criticized thing he's done is that the first thing he's going to open is not businesses. It's schools. Oh, that's interesting. Like like yeah. every every grade or only like in Germany, we only own only elementary. The, the final ones. Oh, only elementary. Oh, that's yes. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And university and what we call CEGEP here. I think I've told you about it before. 
sitting between high school and university. Mm -hmm. uh, they will every, everything is remote. Everything is remotely. Oh, that's good. Um, high school, I think, is also, mm -hmm. uh, and and yeah, elementary will open again, which is also highly criticized. But apparently, they're they're basing their reopening strategy on something happening in Denmark, if I'm remember correctly. Apparently, they're following yeah, what what the Scandinavian so, yeah. countries are doing are doing. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion on it because. Um, I mean, I don't have any any elementary schooler well, around it me. Doesn't, like, yeah, it, it doesn't really affect you, and anyways, does it? No, no. And my work is will be, I assume, remote for still a long while because yeah. my office can fully function remotely, and I think office workers are white collars, if you prefer. Um, all will be the last one to go back because they can definitely work from home. So we'll see. But yeah, we're starting to see reopening here. Uh, and yesterday I was watching a UFC event. Are you aware of that? Uh, no, I'm not. Like, I, I know what UFC yeah. is, but I, right. I'm, I'm not watching it. But it's it's massive because it's the first live sport event that I'm aware of that has, has happened um, since no, the no, coronavirus. I th I I'm think aware of. that's not true. Um, um, the the first one that's, uh, that's opened up or that's still uh, being done is in... Uh, White Russia, where no uh, like uh, somewhere deep into Russia, they're they're still playing soccer. So that's the only soccer league you can watch. That's what that's as far as I know. So maybe those wow. two are the only ones. Okay, well, it's just I just wanted to share that with our listeners. So I, I've been I've been following the UFC since 2013. So I've been watching a lot of fights, right? And but yesterday uh, there was no audience. Oh god! So <laughs> so there so there was the the the, the, the fight caller. He'd be like. Simon, the German massacre machine, Manda. Then <laughs> silence. Oh God, how embarrassing! And then, did, and then he, he would say, did, he, "Did he like do the the walk still without people being there, or, yeah. or was he oh, just?" Yeah. No, 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 no. They were still walking with their flags, uh... and, and there was one guy, just one guy in the audience, fist bumping the fighters. And after that, at the interview, the president of the company, you're like, who is that guy? And he was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how he got there. I don't know who he is. Did they have any, any measurements? Uh, like, did they wear masks or anything? Because, you so, know, they could have everybody, given the coronavirus. Everybody but the fighters wore masks. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, fight, the commentators also. Yeah. But everybody was tested before the fights. And uh, one fighter actually tested positive two days uh, before the event. So oh they had to cancel the fight. Yeah. Can you imagine the other guy who was supposed to fight him? You trained for months for this, and then the other guy gets coronavirus and your fight is canceled. So no pity for you, literally. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible for him. But it, it was it was great to see some sport uh, sports live. I'm not a big sports guy, but it felt good. You know, it felt good to just see something live. Uh, entertainment life felt right somehow uh what's what's the overall vibe in, in in canada right now because for me i feel like like many people here are protesting <clears throat> as much as i guess all around the world maybe not as crazy as they are in the u.s but they are protesting here and it, numbers are growing mm -hmm. and it feels like this is the best fucking time for conspiracy theorists like oh yeah holy shit People are going insane. They they have they they um they have to take uh take a little precautions. They have to wait in line maybe uh, uh before buying toilet paper once in their fucking life, and and they behave like like there's some some alien government taking over mm. and 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 mm. they have to fight and resist right now. Fucking shit! How is it over there? I'm I'm really pissed. I'm sorry for cursing, but I'm pissed. Yeah, uh, I have to be honest. I've kind of um, unplugged myself from the news a bit because I was getting a bit yeah, overwhelmed. Should do that too. Um, I was following it like diligently, you know, every day. I was watching the press conferences and everything. But uh, I kind of, I'm kind of out of it now. What I know is that there's a lot of conspiracy theory here too. There's protests also. Uh, I don't know for everywhere else, but I know there's there has some protests in Quebec City uh, in front of the Parliament National Assembly. So we were open or whatever. Because now yeah, people are like, and it's, it's funny, right? People are like freaking out because they want to do barbecues with their friends, yeah. which I also want to do, right? Me I also want to do yeah. barbecues with my friends and I want to have a fire, bonfire and sit with my buddies and, you know. But yeah, people are protesting over that, which is whatever. It's funny, uh, but it's, it's kind of sad, but it's funny. 
I don't know. I don't know if it's crazy out there anymore. I, I think it was. Now I, I, I don't want to tell you anything stupid. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, and I recommend you unplug too because it feels you're, you don't know what's happening, but it's way less stressful. Yeah, I, I should do the, the same. Like, uh, it really, I, I wake up and every time I open Twitter, I'm like, uh, burn the whole place down. It's not worth <laughs> it. Please, can we right. all die? Uh, one one guy who is at the uh, the butt of all conspiracy theories is Bill mm. Gates right now. You probably heard of that. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, people think he wants to implant uh, um, microchips in your brain. I don't well, really know what for. I've yeah. heard that before. I, when there was the this uh, the swine flu. Uh, yeah, it's like a, what a vaccine a vaccine and yeah. people were like, oh, it's it's for it's, the government wants to have chips in your blood or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't they, know. Or I mean, okay. Well, you you got, they can do that, but uh, but it's it's really what, the what thing for? is the thing is what for and I don't I don't even want to go down that road because it has been discussed so many times. The only thing I'm thinking of is um, if I were was Bill Gates right now, mm-hmm. super fucking rich, one of the richest people on earth. Is it, or is he the richest right now? I think I don't think he is anymore. Not anymore, but one of the richest. Oh, Anyhow, very smart person. Uh, he has everything he needs to like there's mm-hmm. no reason he has to deal with this bullshit and so yeah. if i was bill gates i would just tell him to fuck off i would be like like and and don't get me wrong i hate a billionaire as much as the other guy i fucking hate all of them but he's you know there's no reason he has to deal with it he should he should just um you know he should just go on his uh, on a big ass ship go out the ocean and watch the purge go down. Watch everybody kill each other, come back, and still be fucking rich. Like, I, I would be like, okay, you, you, you don't want me to do anything at all. Fuck you. Is he defending the? Like, is is he responding to all these accusations of microchip bullshit? As far as I know, he's not, and I'm, I'm. That's the best I'm, thing to do, honestly. Why well, would why, he? Anyway? Why should he? I mean, really, this is ridiculous, and everybody was like five functioning brain cells doesn't think the guy is trying to vaccine you like a fucking microchip but you know i i, I still what would think, you gain from that i don't know maybe <laughs> make us all soldiers and mm. I, I really don't know and, and the microsoft is, army yeah microsoft army like in germany we have <laughs> we have quite a number of uh celebrities now who who due to stay having to stay at home who are going insane mm. and it's uh, it's so annoying like do you have like celebrity chefs who tell you how vaccines work how (laughs) vaccines actually work well actually yes yeah well thank you thank you i i've been waiting for you asshole to tell me you're like there's some some like he's a a motivational trainer you know he goes like on stage and he's like yeah who's got power you got power and he's getting millions of that because people buy like a thousand bucks worth of weekend tickets to get like uh into a highest uh like a more successful way of thinking and that guy um that guy is also on on instagram always posting um videos where he explains how businesses should go uh, through with this and why the measurements our government is taking totally blown out of proportion and a totally nonsense and they should stop it right now and like i get it in germany we've been very lucky and i think parts of it is due to a very good health system Mm -hmm. but the thing is we're not that far off from italy or maybe even even the u.s like it could still happen and i don't know why people want that want to see like a big threat in order to uh, adapt to the rules and be like okay we gotta take care of it why can't you just be happy that we have been r- way luckier than many other states have been mm-hmm. i don't get it i i i don't know yeah sorry I, I i just i had to get this out but there are good news and that brings me to my first song uh takashi 69 also known as 69 is out of jail have you heard of that so I don't even know the, the who, really who this guy. I remember I, seeing I thought, memes, memes of this guy, but uh, uh, yeah. Um, I remember, so tell me the story because I know the memes. But so so he's that rainbow haired guy, like long haired yeah. rainbow haired guy. He's like of Latino SoundCloud um, thing, a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, and he uh, 
he's he has like grills that are rainbow color. So rainbow oh. color is his thing. And he also has the number six nine tatted all over his face and, and everywhere. And um <laughs> you know, he, he looks like a human marshmallow with like uh with like rainbow hair. And um and he had to go to j- to jail because he I, so I hope I get this right. So he um he was he had some gang affiliations and mm-hmm. He did have before he had to go to jail. There were like a few. Uh, I hope I get the vocabulary right. So he, there were a few measurements by by law that he had to be taken care of. Like he shouldn't, you know, he was under, you know, that what's it called when you when you're in that state where where you, um, yeah, he was on probation. So he was on oh, probation, yeah, okay. and and in that time, I think he was he made Instagram videos with weapons and stuff like that that he, that he was not allowed to have. And he did some other shit like that. Not too sure what exactly was it. It's Not too wise like either. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. And, <laughs> and he ended up being in jail. So he went to jail and they, I think they sentenced him for like, him for like 24 years or something. Wow. Uh, which is horrible because you're a musician. You're just starting out and just making your first money. Which, by the way, you're blowing on jewelry and all that shit. Like, he was so insane. He had like girlfriends of other rappers who were his enemies and he bought them like super expensive designer fashion and diamonds and shit like that and made videos just to make the rappers pissed at him and then he wow. ended up being in jail which is hilarious i mean imagine being in jail and you have this loud mouth asshole who has like rainbow hair colors and the number six nine on his face i don't, I don't even want to imagine what they do to him in jail anyway yeah, he probably had the time at the time of his life yeah and then what, <laughs> what he did is he snitched on his gang buddies, which is Ooh. like, first of all, it's not that cool to begin with. Uh, and then secondly, you're fucking famous. And, uh, you yeah. know, there's always someone out there who, who, who will take revenge on you. So if yeah. you get, when you get out earlier, you, uh, it's going to be difficult to hide yourself, especially since you have six, nine written a hundred times on your face. Yeah. And um, and then you wanna if you wanna restart your career, being a snitch isn't the coolest thing. You can have a like uh, you can carry. It's not the coolest badge you can carry around being a hip hop no. artist. Um, so that's what he did, and um, he's back. He brought a song out, which I will uh, put on the um, on the um, on the playlist. It's um, sure. Called, it's called Gooba, written in all caps because the guy's always yelling um I, I i invite you to listen to it um i'm very curious if you're gonna be a fan if, if you like I'm, I'm pretty sure you're gonna you're gonna hate the living shit out of it um but i but if you ended up listening to it and be like well this is fucking amazing this is art that would also not surprise me that much to be honest so you're in between <laughs> well, that thing for me i'm very i mean it's not because i don't like it that i don't think it's art just so you know it's uh oh. does it doesn't mean it has to be to my taste to be artful, you know. I think anything that is created, any creation, is art. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'll listen to, I'll listen to it. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll get the memes. I'll get the feeling of the memes. I'll get the '69 inside me. So my song is um, is uh, again trying to support local artists. Uh, so a song from a, a, a young musician called Lou Adrian Cassidy, and her song is called "La pluie ne tombe jamais sur toi," which means rain never falls on you which is very appropriate oh. to somebody who's always inside his home like us oh so, he, yeah he, what's it called uh hikikomori in japanese the guy the it's people a, who never leave their home i guess i mean the lyrics are not about that but it's the the the, the title thought made me thought of current quarantine still going on for me so yeah all right and um uh if i remember correctly we're gonna hear a random information in the next take from you aren't we Yes, we are. Uh, a different type, not the type uh, we've been doing so far. All right, Something very... more uh, context-focused, uh, let's say. I'm curious to hear that. All right, hear you guys in a moment. The enormity of, of their flat brain, the enormity of their stupidity is just overwhelming. You have to do yourself a favor when you're out in the countryside and you see chicken try to look a chicken in the eye with great intensity and the intensity of stupidity that is looking back at you is just amazing by the way uh, it's very easy to hypnotize a chicken 
they're very prone to hypnosis. Hi, and welcome back to Poutine Bratwurst. This is the second take, and we have something special. Philip, you have a random information um, planned for today, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not that random. Uh, really not? not that random. No, no, no. It's related to uh, something that you made me aware of. Uh, oh, I, was, I know uh, what it is. Random information. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny that I'm the one telling this story since it's not a, a band from my spot. But uh, so basically, you 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 made me aware that a, a musician from a band I like very much and that I've talked about in this very podcast a while ago has passed away uh, earlier this month. Actually, he passed away late April, uh, but it was announced later. But so f f maybe I'll pronounce his name and certain names in the bad way, and it'll be funny for German listeners probably. But Florian Schneider passed away. Oh, that was good. You were good. Thank you. Uh, he's, he's one of the two founding members of a band, a very iconic band called Kraftwerk. How is that pronounced? Beautiful. Thank you so much. Because, you know, for a while I thought it was pronounced Kraftwerk, you know? The or like, w, like right? a UE or something? Well, the W is, is pronounced mm. in French, right? Ah, okay. So Kraftwerk. Anyway... Uh, so I just thought maybe uh, to give him a little homage, and uh, since it's I've talked about this band in the podcast before, I thought maybe I could maybe do a little random information on the band, uh, their influence on music, and their influence on me. So uh, I thought that could be interesting. So for the people that are not aware of listened to the early episode, I'm a big big fan of a genre of music that some people call hard rock. But you have to know that Krautrock is not necessarily a sound, but more of a philosophy in music. It's not the Krautrock band don't sound similar. Some don't sound similar at all. And Krautwerk doesn't sound like any other of these bands, actually. But why is it still called Krautrock? Well, it's because of the mindset it has behind its music. So to understand Krautwerk and Krautrock, we have to go back to the very early 70s in, in Western Germany. Uh, and again, Or German listeners, if, if if I make a mistake or I say something wrong, please uh, let us know. I would love to know more or be corrected. But uh, so Kraftwerk started in Dusseldorf. I don't know if I pronounced that properly either. Not Dusseldorf, you're good. Right. So um, it, it, so this guy Florian Schneider was one of the founding member with another uh, musician um, that I forgot his name because I don't know their names uh, personally, but. Uh, Right, Ralf, Ralf Hutter, something like that. Ralf Hutter. There we go. Uh, these two guys were studying classical music um, in, in Dusseldorf, and uh, they started playing with other bands uh, of the time, which were all the band that would become the Kaltrock bands, which were all bands that tried to make a new sound, a new music. Um, they wanted to... So they were the first generation born after the war, and it was a time where... where uh, German stuff was shunned upon. Uh, doing stuff that was very German was shunned upon. And most of the art, the music of the time was just a British music, basically, that was translated or very, very influenced by, by British music. And not in a nationalistic way, for as far as I know, but more in an in a artistic goal. These bands wanted to create a new sound, a sound for their generation, a sound that is influenced free. They wanted to do tabula rasa on the whole... British influence music or, or, or um, European as a whole. And that's where they tried to experiment with new tools and new sounds. And that's so many great bands were born during that time. Kraftwerk was not great at their infancy. Uh, they were doing, they were emulating what other bands were doing a bit. They were still very experimental, but they, were not, they didn't create that sound that made them famous yet. Um, we had to wait uh, until uh, 1974 when they released their masterpiece, Autobahn, which I have a copy here that Simon can see. But certainly, you're it's the symbol have. of the German uh, autobahn, like the one right. for the, the street sign. Right. So it's like two white lines with a bridge over it, which is very simplistic. And even for the time, it was a bit uh, experimental in its simplicity. And I can you can see here the the, uh, the alternate. Uh, 
cover art. Oh, nice. Like a very like simple drawn uh, German highway landscape. Anyway, so that's when the band started to experiment with uh, keyboards and uh, a lot of keyboards and electronic drumming and very experimental sound. And how they they had the idea of this album is they were they, they had nothing to do as youth sometimes, so they would just drive up the autobahn uh, very fast for fun. And um, I remember watching an interview with the drummer, I think, of the band, um, Wolfgang something, I forgot his family name. Uh, and they, they opened the window and it was very weird sounds coming, boom, 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 coming in the car because they were going fast. And they took these sounds and tried to put them into music using keyboards. And it's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous song. Uh, it's got a 22-minute song, uh, Autobahn beautiful beautiful soundtrack um it really feels like you're traveling and that's when the band very uh, started really to have its own sound by incorporating different electronic uh, instruments electronic drumming and trying to be the most i wouldn't say inorganic but it's kind of inorganic music which is very yeah electronic industrial even they were trying to make the sound of the city the sound of the the the, the, the technology and that kind of stuff and that's also when they tried, they changed their style, which I always thought was fascinating, where all the Kautrock band were guys with long hair, like untrimmed beard. They were dressed like hippies or whatever. People that didn't care. But when they, around 77, 76, they started redefining their style to be anti-looking, anti-musician looking. They were dressed in suits. Uh, they had short hair, very well uh, combed, very nice hair. And they looked very stern, very cold. Um, they were calling themselves music workers and not musicians. Uh, very weird guys, right? Their image was all, always central to uh, to their music also. Um, trying to look like robots or uh, inorganic people. And the more they go into, went into the music, the more they, they were hiring engineers to create new instruments for them, to create new sounds, always going for new sounds, new vibes. And to me, this research for sound and for unique for originality is that it gets to its summit with the album the man robot uh where diamond machine something like that in, in, in die man machine yeah right and you can see simon uh what they look like right it's the oh yeah you see their faces they but they look very similar right so that florian is this one all right, so the the second oh, of, the, the of the left. Uh, all right, yeah, for the listeners, he's that one. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot we're we're recording actually, but uh, so this album to me is, is my favorite. The Man Machine is my favorite. Sadly, I have the English version. One day, maybe I'll visit you again and I'll manage to get my hand on a on an uh, LP, German LP. Does it mean uh, the English version? The lyrics are in English as yep. well. Oh, yeah, so they so made a German, German and an English version. They made there's like an international version and a and a, and a ah, German version. I, um, I prefer the original version because that's how the song were created. That's how they were thought to be. Right. Sadly, here on CD, they're literally impossible to find uh, in German version. One day, maybe yeah, maybe I'll visit you again and I'll try to get my hands on. I hope you'll original visit LPs. I really hope so too. But I, I also hope that I'll be able to get <laughs> my hands on some German LPs. German versions. Um, but all in all, uh, that's when, in that era, that's where they really defined electronic music. And some people would say they're the grandfather of electronic music. And they influenced so many genres from the electro pop that you would find in band like Depeche Mode in the, the UK, or what was going on in Japan with the Yellow Magic Orchestra, all the way up to, to techno music in the, the US. Or even people say, some people will even say that um the, the the way their electronic drumming was going with the keyboard uh, and the talking over the music was even influencing the future hip-hop of the of the 80s and 90s extremely influential music and some people would say the most influential music band of the of the, the 20th century i don't know if i would go there wow. but i would definitely say it's one of the most influential and that's where i want to go by saying that yes i love their music i love the songs and everything but what i like the most is the idea behind it and how creative it was. And that's always something I'm, I'm striving for um, in arts, even though I don't think, I, I think my music is pretty generic, but I always try to find a little something to push the boundaries, right? And these guys did it so well and so hard. And I, I'm, I'm shocked that it was so popular because it's, I think it's still to this day, it's a very hostile music because it's dry. It's very dry, it's really inorganic. Um, and 
sometimes even hard to listen to because there's a, a lack of some people would say there's a lack of emotion but i would what i will say to these people is the more you listen to it i feel the more you get it in the sense that you 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 get how the emotion is 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 uh given through the music and i think one of the album that represent the most how a lot of listen could increase your uh, appreciation is a computer world which is uh an album in the 80s early 80s what year was that 81 and uh, there's a very famous riff uh, of keyboard on this uh, on this album uh, from the song Computer Love that was used uh, for a song from Coldplay. So you can see how influential they are. And some bands you would not expect to be fan of Kadvek were, like Coldplay. I'm not a big fan of Coldplay or anything, but it's crazy to see like a like a pop band from the late 90s, early 2000s or whatever be influenced, influenced by such a strange band. And... My homage basically is because he was one of the founding members and one of the two creative minds behind this band. I just wanted to 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 share with you a bit of this band and um, their history. Uh, just so you know, they're still touring. Uh, only only uh, Ralph Huta is still uh, uh, with the band now, but uh, they're still touring. Very visual, very visual uh, live performances. A lot of lights, big screens. Um, still trying to be the future of music somehow which is surprising because they still kind of are in some ways but yeah i wanted to share with our listeners uh my love for this band and the, the whole cock uh philosophy and knowing that we're losing another one of these geniuses and i want to salute his desire to always push forward the music always try to be unique um and also the whole, whole idea of looking at things and trying to put them into music, something I've always been fascinated by. Um, when you listen to In Demand Machine, uh, songs like Neon Lights, uh, how would you say Neon Lights in German again? Neon Lichter. Right. Uh, I suggest listening to the German versions if you can. Uh, but uh, I feel that's like it was, they, they already knew what the future city would look like, how it would feel. Because to me, they put in music... Uh, when you look at Shanghai, Shanghai, like futuristic cities like that, it feels like they already knew where he was going, right? So very innovative, very looking ahead band. And yeah, I want, I want, just want his memory to live on. And people to discover the band if they haven't. But if you want to discover the band, I highly suggest going with a very open mind and look at it as an artistic piece and not an entertainment piece because you might be disappointed. You won't listen to this while pumping Iron. It's not very. Um, you know it's not very energetic it's not it's not what you might expect um i suggest studying it and that's what i've done with computer world it's an album that i've sat down listened to so many times theorized on it had discussions with friends tried to understood the concept of the album and just if you're curious and you want to listen to computer world i always thought uh it was and it's based on nothing just my own impression of the deeper you go into the album the deeper we're going into the computer world and we're losing our humanity. And I feel like it starts so jolly with computer world, such a, such a fun, cozy song. And the more we go down, the more I feel like we're, we're losing touch with, with uh, the humanity of, of the, the album. And yeah, it goes, it goes from computer world to a song lyric called it's more fun to compute where I feel like it's the, the summit of the computer and the, it, they took over basically, and there's some lyrics in there that you you, you uh, some lyrics that talk about data, data management, privacy, and banks. And I was in the '80s, uh, very 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 avant-gardist, and yeah, you gotta respect that. So I don't know. I think I went all over the place with this random information segment. I hope it was not too random. If you want, if you have questions regarding the band, if you want to reach out to share your memories with the band, you can do that by emailing us at putinbradwurst at gmail.com or, or sending us a voice message at our anchor page. Random information. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, I had one question. Um, since you're so passionate about the band, yeah. what was the moment you first, well, like when did you first heard of them? And uh and what made it feel made, made made you what what did you feel in that moment so the it's not the first car band i heard uh can 
there's a song of Can on our playlist uh, if you want to listen to that. Um, Can was the first cult rock band I discovered, and I was so fascinated and so in love with this band that I I I wanted to consume everything I could about them, and I I I stumbled upon documentaries on cult rock, and that's when I saw I heard about them. I was not aware of cult rock back then, um, so I was maybe 15, 16, something like that back then, and. Uh, the first song I heard from them is the first song from the Man Machine, uh, which is called The Robot. And to be frank, I didn't like it at all. I think I was not there yet. I was not into electronic music too much. I, at the time, I uh, was not ready. It's not what I was looking for. I was looking for bands that sounded like Can. I clearly didn't understand what Kotwick was. Um, and I didn't like it. But I, when I don't like a, a genre or a band, I like to give it a try later, you know, try and try. And then sometimes certain bands, I try at 16, they hated it. I try again at 24, love it. I think we grow in our taste and we get more, yeah, that's true. more and more open yeah. to more and more things, right? So I guess I was not ready, but I'd say a few months, maybe a year later, I, 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 I thought, well, if, if every time I read about Cloud Hawk and I see these guys, clearly they're doing something right. So maybe it was not the right song. It's not because it's the most popular that it's the best, right? So I looked at like their early albums and that's when I found Autobahn and literally I was, I was floored. I think it's a, that's a song I would like to put on the playlist, but since it's a 22 minute song, I decided not to, but if you, if you want to discover the band, I think that's a great spot to start. It's basically the start of their signature sound, but it's still very accessible. There's still a lot of organic stuff going on. Uh, there's some flute and stuff. They still had the flute. And um, so Autobahn was the thing that made me very interested in the band. And then I progressively went towards uh, their other albums. And um, I mean, the uh, Trans-European Express is a great album too. So is Radioactivity. But I'm more familiar with these three that I've shared with you today. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, do you have a song for the list? Well, I want to ask you. For, what I want to ask you. What, what do you know of this band before meeting me? What did you know of them? Like, what? I I only know the name. Like, I know the name. The name rings a bell, but that's it. That's any everything I I knew about them. I think my my parents might recognize some of their songs, but uh, for me, really, before before I met you, uh, it was really just and yeah, yeah, I heard of them. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. well if, if we if if if, uh, if we ever go into the western end of germany together uh if we go to the or for whatever reason i don't know why we'd be there i want to go and see the street where they made all the music they have the studio oh, yeah. there this the studio is closed now but it's a well-known spot if you go there the Kling Kling studio very famous spot mm-hmm. yes I, I have have you been to Düsseldorf? uh no okay <laughs> would you would you want to go <laughs> yeah I, I definitely would they have a nice uh japanese village i think they have the biggest japanese community in germany so that wow. alone is a reason for me to visit that's peculiar um so it was hard for me to pick a song of course it's going to be a song by them um so I, i'm going to suggest my favorite song from Kadbeck. it's not i don't think it's i've never heard somebody else think it's their best or their favorite but i'm still going to share my favorite i don't care it's the song "The Man Machine" from "The Man Machine." Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, I I decided to to pick an old but gold song. It's by Nirvana, and it's called "Stay Away." I hear you guys in a moment. I'll eat your ass. I will. You think I like? Sizing up my neighbor, how I'm going to haul him up by a chain and chop his ass up. I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. I will eat your ass. And that's why I want the globalists to know. I will eat your ass first. You're not. We're going to dig you out of those bunkers. We're going to dig you out of those holes. You make us vacuum out your child's brain or chop your daughter or son up. Oh, no, 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 no. Look at that. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on What's for Dinner. Bye-bye. Bye. Poutine Bratwurst. Hello and welcome back to our last take for today's episode of Poutine Bratwurst. Simon, what do you have in stock for us today? Do you have a story? Yeah, I, I have a story time for today. Ooh, and, before... and I have to say to listeners, 
I don't know what the story is. I'm very curious to hear it. I don't know if you know it, actually. Um, I think I might have told you, but it doesn't really matter. So, but before I start, I, would, I wanted to ask you, do you have a foot fetish? No, I, I, I on the opposite, I'm not really into it. Uh, I know like in, in Tarantino movies, there's a lot of foot. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not into it too much. I think it's probably the ugliest part of the human body. So, but, but you're not grossed out by it, are you? Uh... I don't think I am, but like I, I, I always find, especially for a band, to wear like sandals or whatever. I think it's very bad taste in fashion. Like you should not see men's foot. It's a very, very ugly thing. And even women, I'm not a big fan of it personally. I think it's a very ugly part of the body. Yeah. All right. Uh, then for, for anybody who, um, <laughs> who's who's like Philip, I have to give a listeners discretion warning um, because it's gonna be a lot about. Uh, feet actually about my foot one of mine i think it was my left okay. foot um <laughs> if you're into feet however you're gonna love this one hey there it's story time story time with philip and simon the title of my story is how i made a splinter travel 10,000 kilometers um so uh, it, this happened in 2015, the, the time that uh, Philip and I met and uh, that we, were, we both were in, in Seoul to study together. And um, there were many, many foreign students and one of them was from Finland. Like, actually, more of them were from Finland, but the one I'm talking about was from Finland. And um, I had some interactions with him. I think he was, we were kind of friends, I guess, not that deep into, into each other or anything. Uh, we did go to some clubs uh, a few times uh, in bigger groups, and we had nice chats. Nothing more than that. Like Finnish people are very polite and nice; they're cool, cool guys, but uh, pretty cold. No pun intended. Anyways, he asked me one day if I wanted to join him. Uh, he wanted to go to a beach in Korea to go surfing. I did, first of all, I didn't really know that you could go surfing in in, in South Korea, uh, but I felt like it's nice he's asking me. Thinking back, I think he just want, needed someone to join him and he probably asked anybody else and they all didn't want to come. So he asked me. But at that point, I thought, well, maybe we're going to be best friends. And so we went to Yang Yang Beach. Have you been there, Philip? Uh, I have not. And, and when was that in the semester? Because we arrived, it was pretty, like, it was cold. Uh, it was pretty much towards the end. It was towards the end? Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm not aware of that guy. Um, I don't. I don't even remember his name. It doesn't matter. I wasn't doesn't... really hanging out with the the foreigners. I didn't know most of them. Yeah. I mean, was he was he in our dorm? Yeah, he was. Wow. Okay. Well, no, um, I don't know what Yang Yang Beach is. All right. So Yang Yang Beach is is like it's not that far off. Like yeah, we we drove there by bus, and the bus ride took forever. But I just looked it up before um before t- talking about it, and it's not that far down south from Seoul, actually. Um, so Yang Yang Beach is like a nice little Fisher Valley um, thing uh, with beach as well. And um, yeah, so um, we we were there, and there was only foreigners on the on the bus, like uh, like Amer- Americans mostly, some Canadians, but mostly um, Americans, some Australians, I guess, like like that kind of thing. And so uh, him and I were the exotic people, and. Uh, we we arrived there and people started drinking immediately and i um if you know me i'm not that much of a drinker like I, if i drink then i really need a good situation or I, I a goal for instance to ruin a podcast episode um then i drink but uh but i don't really drink for the hell of it they were different so we arrived there and and i hated every moment of it from the beginning it was only a weekend um yeah, but um, I, I wandered a- around alone at the beginning because they they took forever with setting everything up and uh, yeah and so then they um, they told us to meet at the beach uh, where we would get like a like a, a, a suit like a thermal suit uh, and like there was an instructor telling us how it works. The thing is, they they only had so many uh, uh, of these thermal suits because the water uh, the water was fucking icy. So mm-hmm. you had to use that. And so it was really disgusting because you went into that suit and it was all wet and you knew that someone before you pissed in there <laughs> and you had to, you know, peel it on your skin and there was like sand in there, which was itchy and it was cold and disgusting. And ugh. anyways, uh, I did that and the waves were total bullshit. Like there was like, <laughs> this was not a surfing trip. This was like a trip to the beach. And for some reason, people carried around surfboards and and so I, I did my time in, in the water. 
it was all right, I guess. I mean, I, I it was nice to be on uh, be at, at the beach. I like I like the beach and the ocean. But other than that, it was not great and not worth the money. And then we went. I went back to the house where where we rented um, our gear, and I took off my uh, my swimsuit. And then uh, they they had like a wooden porch outside of that building, mm-hmm. and I and I I stepped there, took my shit off, and suddenly I felt a pain in my a stinging pain in my f- foot, and I I had like a splinter and like a a really long and sharp one, and yep. it, it it got like really right in between my 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 the palms of my foot, yes. and and you know there was sand all around me. There's shitty water there, and uh, and so I I thought uh, well I remember. A good thing is if you do, if you put like salt water in your wound, because I mm. really didn't want to get like um, hepatitis or anything like mm-hmm. that. So I hopped on one foot like a fucking idiot. I hopped to the water with my foot up. No one giving a shit about me. <laughs> and like they saw me hopping there, holding my foot. And from time to time, I, I fell in the sand. <laughs> and like my, my, my foot, which was bleeding, was covered in sand. I was, I hopped there. And, and then I probably um, thought you were drunk. They they thought I don't I don't even know what they they were just it really it was like I I wasn't there there was like guys guys and girls flirting like their life depended on on mating this night and even my Finnish friend was like he he looked over his shoulder at some point saw me hopping there and was like yeah I'm not getting into that <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I went to the water washed it off and then I sat outside on a on a surfboard there in the in the uh, on, at the beach and had my foot on my lap and you know try to doctor with it and and look uh, and and get it i didn't have anything with me like no needles or anything so um i i needed some help and and there was an american girl coming she she saw me sitting there for like 45 minutes all by my own playing with my foot <laughs> and she uh she she came towards me and, and because she probably felt like oh poor thing what's what's wrong with that idiot so she came there and she was like she's like hey what happened to you and i said well i got a splinter in my foot and i can't get it off and she looked at it and she said oh wow that's that looks really bad and i said yeah it, it kind of hurts and it's really <laughs> annoying because i don't have any gear or anything you should get a needle or something I said, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's difficult to hop there and stuff. And, and you know, I don't know. He said, well, good luck with that. <laughs> she went back to <laughs> no. And I sat there like the, the fucking worst idiot ever. <laughs> eventually, eventually, like, um, like some, some Australian surfer dude came towards me and he was like, what I have there. And he's like, Oh, turn around. I got a needle. And he disinfected the needle by, by my, like putting a lighter on it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to get it out. And he said, Oh, there's nothing in there. Don't worry, mate. I, I'm not very good at doing the Australian. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's like, yeah, you're good. And then he carried me um, across the beach where I could walk again because, you know, to, to get my feet clean, which was, ugh, it was horrible. He had like, he was like muscularly built and he had like a six pack and everything. And the way he was carrying me, he knew that he was like, it was like showing off to the girls. And I felt like, like the little, like his son or something. You know, I was like on his shoulder, on his sweaty shoulder with my dumb fucking foot. And he was like, you're going to be fine, mate. <laughs> and all the girls are like, you're so nice to that idiot. You know? <laughs> oh, it, was, it was the worst. <laughs> so <laughs> eventually I made it back. I got my foot cleaned. Like they put some alcohol over it. So I felt like, okay, it's not going to be worse. You're like, you know, it's not going to infect itself. Like they put enough alcohol in that. That's it. So um, yeah, that stupid journey ended uh it was horrible they got drunk all the time like on the bus way back they were like uh, puking into like these pringles cans because they were no, so drunk no. yeah and i was like i had a foot hurting i hated this weekend i i blew like 300 bucks or something to the <laughs> stupid trip my my fucking finnish friend like, didn't even sit next to me because he was hooking up with some canadian girl so oh, no that was the worst i was sitting there the from start to finish i was the outsider and the biggest loser of the whole thing so we left and i was super fucking glad i got back i was even glad to see my roommate who is which as you know is very very rare and i'm, um, I'm shocked i'm shocked yeah <laughs> and and then I, I i i was like okay but i'm seriously i need like a good doctor because i i had i had like this <clears throat> first aid kit in my in my dorm 
but I couldn't get a splinter out and I was very positive that there was a, a splinter. So I thought, well, I need to see a doctor. And luckily we had very good health ins insurance in, in, in Seoul. So I went mm -hmm. to, to see a doctor um, right next in, in the smallest hospital I've ever seen, which was next to our um, university. I went there and they... Uh, they asked me for my name and everything and they had like these in Korean written they had the names and I knew my name only by knowing that most Korean names have like three syllables or something yeah. mine only had two Simon so I knew oh that's me so I went in there into the to the doctor's office it was this old oldest Korean guy and he didn't understand a word in English, like <laughs> nothing I told him like so I sat there in front of him and I was like my foot I have splinter in my <laughs> foot and, and he looked at you and, and like he looked at and he looked at me balls. like yeah he looked at me like <laughs> I, really like i know that doctors work on time as well and this guy i think really we we lost like 20 minutes only me explaining to him that something is in my foot and, and in the end we ended up just i i took my foot I, like my shoe off and everything i showed like though i actually lifted my foot up to the table and i showed the wound to him like there hurt splinter and and he was like all right i get it i guess <laughs> and i laid down on this on, on this bed thing there and he started looking at my foot like doctoring it and you know mm. pushing there and it's like hurt and i said yeah hurt next and and i wanted him to understand that i'm very sure that i have a splinter fairly deep down mm -hmm. into my shoved down into my foot like a wooden splinter and i need to get him to get it out I am mm -hmm. not sure that he understood it, because, but because he was doctoring on there, and he and I said, "Wood, wood," and I think I even like I, I hit the table and anything. Wood in there, I don't know. And <laughs> and at some point he was like, "Well, this guy's not leaving, so I might as well cut him open." So he got like like the um, the scalpel and yeah. he started scratching and cutting my foot, which hurt as hell. And he scratched and dug deeper and he had like this little water thing where he um, disinfected my foot and he kept going and going. And it was really fucking horrible pain. Like I told you the story with my finger before that foot, <laughs> the, the, what that guy did to my foot hurt way more than my, than me breaking my finger. And he cut there and uh, deeper and deeper. And I thought, okay, well he's getting it. He's getting something because he's having fun down there. And eventually he stopped and he looked at me and he's like, no splinter. <laughs> like what <laughs> there's nothing in there all right so well i don't know like he it it felt like he 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 got like three bones out of there but no splinter, <laughs> well, I, he, he he it looked like he was diligent with it and you know so that was it at first and afterwards i i went to like the it, it healed i didn't have uh, have pain anymore and i was like okay fine But I'm, I was still convinced that there must be a splinter in there. I, I, it can't be nothing. Like, I knew there was something in there, but I didn't have any infections anymore. I knew when, like, I felt when I was running, when I went jogging or something, I, mm. I felt that there was, like, a pain in there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, there was a doctor looking in it, into it. Like, mm -hmm. how difficult can it be to get a fucking splinter out of my foot? Right. And, After after leaving Korea, I, I went to Japan, and uh, after that, I had another semester abroad. Yeah, I know I'm fancy. Um, where, sorry, I had to get on my pen. Um, where I went to to New Zealand to Auckland, and um, I I kept my routine there. I I went jogging and everything, and I still felt like when I went jogging, I felt there's my foot hurts, and at some point, I was in my dorm. And I looked at my foot and I, and uh, at the palm of my foot and it had like a, like, you know, like corns, like, uh, mm -hmm. like when the cornea has like this little hole mm -hmm. and I was like, this is a hole. This is not just a wound healing. Like, like it has, uh, obviously it's healed, but there's a hole in my foot. And so I looked at it and I was like, that, that's weird. So I, I pushed under that hole and it jumped out, uh, like, a a splinter of like two centimeters in length. I don't know how many inches that wow. is. Just jumped out of there, like clean, super clean. It jumped out. And I was like, wow, told you so. So many people told me that there's not a splinter in my foot. That Australian idiot did it. Some other guy at the search uh, uh, stop. That doctor in, in, um, in Seoul. And now weeks, months later, 
10,000 kilometers away from Yangyang Beach, more than that, actually, if you count the, the travels I had with it, there was my splinter coming out. Hey there, there was story time. Story time with Philip and Simon. Did it feel good removing it? Ah, uh, like it, it didn't. The thing is, I didn't really remove it. Like it, um, I, I had, I really just pushed with a finger. I pushed under it and it jumped out. Wow. So I, what I think, I'm not a doctor and I really don't know my biology, but um, I think like the, um, the bacteria and everything, they cleaned it off all on the sides. So it was really just waiting for the moment to be able to release. Which shows the body. The body is yeah. incredible. How how incredible the body is to get rid of like and like uh, matter that's not supposed to be there. But yeah. Yeah. I should have kept it to be honest. I don't know where it is right now because it it should be like a, a, a around my necklace or something. <laughs> yeah. So I kept I kept I kept something strange from a, a doctor's meeting I had um, in Morocco actually. I, I used condom. Sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> so I have a kind of a weird medical condition. I don't know what it is, but sometimes I have incredible belly aches, like insane. Oh, and like, like stomach or, or the intestine? No, it's, it's it's it's. I think it's stomach, but like it wakes me up during the night, like cold, cold sweat, whatever. Mm. And it happened to me in Taiwan. It happened to me also in 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 Morocco. And when I went to Morocco, they tried they, they did the thing on me where they like put a camera down your throat and they go oh. watch they go watch inside your and like they drugged me for that, right? So I could fall asleep. And and when I woke up I was so hazed and they were like, "Oh, do you want do you want to keep the video of it?" I was like, "Yeah." And, <laughs> and I put it in my backpack. And when I moved here to, to get to know where I live now, I emptied my backpack and I found this. I'm like, what is this DVD? And I put it on. <laughs> it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's so disgusting. You, you can see all the inside, like the juice. And you uh, see the camera going into, like, you uh, see this, this, the inside, like, pushing back on the camera. It's, it's all of liquid. It's so disgusting. <laughs> Oh, that's could you see like food in there <laughs> uh, i am um, i i don't think i went that far into the uh, video I just, I, oh it just, it, it's very long and uh, to get down there yeah it starts in my mouth and then you, you, you see like my um uh i don't know what it's called in english you know the tunnel the food goes down yeah that, that, very, that esophagus right so it's very tight and the camera had to push in and so you see, you see it like going in slowly with like the juice going into the camera. <laughs> You're like, why did I keep that? Have you thought of putting it up on Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. Oh God! Uh, sorry for uh, getting off track hey, your story. Hey, we're, we're uh, getting we're getting nasty here for the last day. <laughs> so All I right. kept it. So you should have kept your your splinter. Yeah, I should have sure. kept the fucking splinter. I see <laughs> the. I think I have a picture of my finger uh, balancing the splinter, and like that, which I sent to all my family. Like, see, told you so. And I was like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you all even right. texted the Australian guy. See, I told you. <laughs> yeah, if I ever see that muscular, <laughs> handsome guy again. Ugh. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. Uh, I think we're at the end of this this week's episode. Um, right. Uh, for my song, I'm, I'm going to give you the last words uh, because I spoke so much. Uh, for my last song, I I took a song which is kind of disgusting, but I love the album. It's um, Do you know the Tim and Eric Awesome show? Yes. And uh, Tim Heidecker, who I love, he I think he's amazing. He, ha- he makes music as well, and he made an album, uh, Trump Songs. And... Uh, where he sings about Donald Trump and every single song I like I'm a lyric, a lyric guy and every song is, is really really funny and I choose the song um, Imper- Imperial Bathroom where he sings about Trump's dumps and uh, it, it's disgusting but I, I like it and at this point who gives a shit so here guys next week um, Philip last words to you well my song uh, before we finish it up uh, will be from the band Bleached it's a it's a two sisters band that I love very much I saw them live twice and they recorded an album last year and I thought maybe I could shout out a, a song from them the song is called Heart to Kill it's about this album is about how they quit both of them quit drugs and alcohol and they talk about their journey through uh, not drinking 
So not, not having drugs and hard to kill is about that too. So my last words, well, I want to thank you as always, because it's always a good pleasure to talk to you. I want to remind our listeners that we would love to hear from you. Uh, and to do that, the, there's two great ways to reach us. The first is through the Anchor app. If you look for Putin Bradverse, you can find uh, there a way to send her a voice message. That's a great way to talk to us. But even better is her email address. You can write to us at putinbradverst at gmail.com. That's in one word, putinbradverst at gmail.com. Questions, commentary, suggestions, something you want us to talk about, something you want us to not talk about anymore, like a body fluid. Um, we would understand. So if you, as long as we don't receive an email asking us to stop it, we will keep talking about body fluid every single episode. I don't know. And it, everyone who, who sends a message, uh, you, you might get the chance, enter, enter a message to get the chance to get a copy of Philip's very famous stomach video. <laughs> it's, it's a must watch, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to empty your stomach. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I want to I remind your listeners to stay safe and stay healthy. Uh, it's hard for everyone. It's hard for uh, it's hard for us. We miss our families. I'm sure you do too. But we really hope our little uh, podcast of us talking and laughing can help you go through this. And if we if it does, we're very happy about it. So stay safe and talk to you next week.